Welcome to Reactive. My name is Henning and I'm here with Khalil today. How are you doing? Hello, I'm here today with Henning today. <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? I'm just a little tired. <clears throat> oh, what's going on? Oh, man. Um, uh, this new job, I kind of... Making, I'm kind of making an effort to be there earlier so I can leave earlier and mm. uh, spend some time with my daughter at night to yeah. basically put her down to bed. Uh-huh. And um, yes, I'm getting up like at 5.45. Oh, painful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty painful. So it, is, is the commute changed for you? Is it shorter? You still got your super long commute? No, it's pretty... Maybe a little longer, but not much. Oh, wow. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. So schedule changes for you in that case, huh? A little bit. But. And also, but I mean, yeah, it's a little longer, but I, I make sure I do some work in the train so that I don't necessarily have to be there in the office the all of the eight hours. Yeah. And just yeah. Uh, work like that. Yeah. Oh, but uh, other than that, it's 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 going well. It's just uh, onboarding stuff. I didn't realize, or I just, <clears throat> um, I didn't. Well, I did real. I I I forgot how complicated it is. Every time <laughs> when you enter a new company, when you when you started a new company, um, all this development. You know what? Actually, the writing of the code. That's not the, it's the easy part. It's always yeah. the easy part. <laughs> Everything else, like the infrastructure, the stuff you got to learn, where is this document, uh, docu- uh, uh, documented? Is it documented? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. The other thing, and uh, some things you just, you can't find anywhere. You just have to ask people. They have to explain you everything. Is uh, Jenkins, how do you use Jenkins? Is a terrible, terrible user interface the worst of the worst but everybody every company uses it because it's open source and it works and every yeah and you need to figure out how to configure that with the git repositories and then how how to hook that up and then we have aws which actually is great um that you know we have aws accounts and not some proprietary kind of server hosting crap that is super restrictive and and stuff like that so because we were just today we're we're um we're trying me and a and a uh, a co-worker of mine who's who also just started started on the same day as me uh we're trying to figure this out because there's a, a release going on and all the um the employees um, that would normally kind of tell us how things um, work, they do do that, but they're very occupied by this release and um, there's a hard deadline and everything and bugs to fix in the last moment and stuff like that. So we're kind of always trying to figure stuff out, ask people and then try to write it down. And so today we, we, uh, we made a little uh, Git book, repository um where you can just <laughs> document all this stuff um yeah. in a little in in, in uh, markdown files and then deploy that to a server and 
uh, one of our coworkers, he told us how to set up the AWS and hook it up to Jenkins and with the repository and get it deployed and all this stuff. And it's just so much, it's all of it. I mean, individually the steps are simple, but it's just the complexity of it all. And <clears throat> you have to learn it anew in every company. And yeah, that's, that's, um, Yeah, that's that's. I think that's with every company, but I'm yeah. I'm surprised. It's like a larger and a more established company. Usually, they have like a, a smooth smoother ish <laughs> onboarding process with lots of documentation. But this actually makes me feel a lot better because, you know, when we bring a new person on, it's it's pretty much what you described. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there is no. There is no solid. Oh well, yeah. If you want to know about that, go and read all of our docs right over here. Yeah. And um, get hey, you walk in the door. Here's your fully configured set up laptop. <laughs> It's like, nope, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and and that's actually very interesting. You say or you you brought up the subject of complexity um, because we are we are also in the middle of a deployment. We actually deployed um, to our largest site um, last night and. Uh, I think, well, we talked about it in our last recording, which unfortunately got eaten by the dog. So um, we don't have a show for last week. Um, right. But basically what, what happened is we, we started deploying to our smaller sites that are not as critical, a new cart and a new checkout um, system. So basically we have a unified code base across all of our sites, even though those sites are on different systems or different code bases essentially so the sort of the first step in our um in our sort of next generation platform mm -hmm. and we were we started with the smallest site you know so it's low risk and um we've been running those for a few few weeks now and was going pretty well and this all uses the technology that we've discussed on the podcast you know aws lambda all of our stuff hosted in in aws essentially and um One of the, the biggest parts of this is, um, or at least, you know, from the back-end perspective, which is what I'm responsible for, is is this um, this caching system, and it's built on DynamoDB. And um, we're sort of in iteration four now of this, this caching system. And I, like, over the last week, it's been, like, really rough, and... Uh, Lots of like late nights trying to figure stuff out and, you know, getting to the point where you're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is never going to work. It's too complicated, you know, uh -huh. and just being like getting the feeling of being overwhelmed. And, um, yeah, it's just too much stuff. Right. Again, you break it down and it's it's manageable. But overall, it's like it's just, you know, there's so many parts that you don't understand. Uh -huh. And um, yesterday we ran into the situation where since this is the biggest site and it's got more traffic than all the others combined, we um, we basically switched over uh, from the conventional cart to the new one and immediately got like a, you know, a massive spike in, uh, in hits to this DynamoDB and the Lambda endpoints. And we had not set one of the... Um, uh, basically the the right capacity correctly so it basically choked out the system and we had to roll back for for like an hour or so until we figured that out and then mm. switched it over and, and and it worked you know very nicely but it's it's again like these um these extremely complicated systems that 
when you're just getting into them, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's insane. How, you know, I don't know all this stuff, right? Like yeah. we're at a point where we don't have, well, maybe one person knows all the, all the things, but actually, no, probably not. There's like too many people involved now and, you know, not everybody has the full details of everything. And I'm sort of at the point of trying to be okay with not understanding everything down to the lowest level mm-hmm. and sort of figuring out where where my 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 knowledge level is sufficient i guess in order to make you know sound decisions mm-hmm. um but then we started the next phase of this today and knowing everything that we've learned over the past few weeks we we sort of you know whiteboarded this this whole system out and just like simplified it drastically and it's like we're standing in front of this board and like wow this is ridiculous <laughs> you know but it took us it took us you know four iterations to get to the simpler more elegant much more performance solution mm. and um, that was sort of sort of you know an aha moment again is that you know it takes a while to get to get to that point and it just takes mm-hmm. work and there's yes. there's no shortcuts right and you have yeah. to you have to just bulldoze through it and get an understanding and then it sort of comes to you and it's it's like you can't understand the whole thing from the very beginning, right? And your first solution is not going to be what's going to come out of it at the end. And this is probably not our last iteration either. I mean, we went from, you know, again, AWS has these, um, I mean, I've talked about it a lot, but these these systems are so impressive to me. I mean, um, for example, we're using Redshift, which is their sort of data warehousing um, thing, and then we're using Dynamo, right? Mm-hmm. And... Redshift is sort of optimized for querying, so getting data out, not necessarily for getting data in in the conventional way, which is what we were doing like on our first two two or three iterations, mm-hmm. where we, we, we basically have to pull a lot of data from different systems, Microsoft SQL Server, from various RDS instances, munge it together, and then we shove it into to, um, to Redshift in order to again join on it and do more more manipulation before we then shove it into um, DynamoDB to go to you know be ready for this this caching system mm-hmm. so you know what I didn't know or wasn't aware of is that I you know redshift has like these optimized tools for doing large imports of data and um, they are incredibly performant so we were trying to do like you know hundreds of thousands of records basically as inserts which took um you know upwards of minutes or even you know over 10 or 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and then um you know i discovered or was told (laughs) that hey you know there's this thing that uh basically you can run a query on redshift that tells it hey i have a file here why don't you come over and uh, import it for me? Mm-hmm. So basically, you can. Um, what we're doing now is we're from these other databases. We're streaming into a JSON file, which is completely like to me was not intuitive at all because JSON is so like voluminous and verbose, right? Yeah. How can that be like performant to import into a database? That makes no sense. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that we could import um i think it was nine hundred and fifty thousand records in like under a minute wow. it was ridiculous so you run a you basically run this query it's a bit complicated to get your head around and again it's like oh my gosh why is this so complicated but once you get it 
to work and you understand it, it's actually kind of nice. Mm -hmm. So basically, you have to have a, a manifest file in, in an S3 bucket, right? Uh, and it has to be S3 just, just because it's Amazon. It's nothing more than a text file that essentially tells um, the, this remote process where to get data and what format to expect it in, you know, whether to zip it up or not, and um, basically how to access it. So you make this query and into the you tell it use this manifest file and then it it basically redshift SSHs into your server wherever you are hosting this file, hmm. grabs it, and then ingests it. And um, so we do this this weird you know streaming ma massive amounts. I mean, okay, a million to hmm. us is at the moment still pretty big. I know in other scenarios it's not a lot, but hmm. um, into a JSON file and then then basically tell you know Redshift hey come and get it and swoop <laughs> it's it's in so hmm. so that sort of these these batch processes and I guess that's what it sort of boiled down to me boiled down for me again too is that you know there's all these elegant and sort of or what you might think are elegant solutions that are actually kind of convoluted hmm. and if you just break it down to the basics and do like good old batch processing. Mm -hmm. That's like the easiest to understand, the easiest to implement, and also recover from. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what it ended up being. It's like we do a query, shove it into JSON, going into Redshift, run another query. So basically little step-by-step -step things until it's all the way in Dynamo. Mm -hmm. And um, and Dynamo was, again, this like blows me away. You can you can configure the heck out of this, this service, and you just pay for whatever you want to be using. So essentially, if you need... If you need a very high level of con concurrency to to import a lot of data quickly, because it's actually over uh, HTTP, um, at least that's in our iteration right now. That's still what we're using. Um, so we we provisioned a very high write, uh, you know, concurrent write capacity and spun up. I think it was 400 workers to to load this million records in, and like you know, I think it was under an hour. Um, but again, all, all like batch processes and all put together with, with existing services and, um, it works, it works really well and it's for performance. And again, you, we, we put this together in a, in a really short amount of time. That's the other thing that I'm, I'm continuously sort of like amazed by, you know, all these things that you glue together. And by the way, it's all, <laughs> so the, the majority of the, the the glue basically is PHP, and we do a little bit of data processing in the jobs PHP, but that's not the bottleneck. So it's like way performant enough. It's it's other things that are, you know, mm -hmm. that are that are holding, I guess, um, if you if you can say it like that in the first place. But um, so yeah, it's um, so that's what that's basically what we've been doing over the last few weeks, and um, it's sort of on. On uh, on the production site now, which is realtruck.com. If anybody wants to go and take a peek, the cart and the checkout process is basically what we built and deployed. And um, yeah, it's been fun. And now we go to the next phase. <laughs> okay. What's it? This site again, real truck or? It's real truck, all one word. Okay. So the, the real truck, realtruck.com. Real mm -hmm. And that's the, so when you when you go to some sort of product. You have to sort of select sort of you have to select your fitment, which basically tell it, I have this truck, it's made in this year, it's this brand or this this make and model. Mm -hmm. And then we 
tell you whether that part fits on your truck or not, and then buy it. Hmm. Yep. Wow. So now it's on all the sites. So this is our sort of first step towards a unified um, sort of platform where we can spin up, you know, sites really quickly, and they all run on the same infrastructure. So all the backend processing is is becomes much much simpler <clears throat> because we have everything coming in the same way and um, going through the same system. So we're we're hoping that well we will be simplifying our our infrastructure significantly. And by using all the Amazon stuff, it's um, if you know what you're doing, <laughs> it's very scalable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, it's. Um, it's a lot to take in, and it's mm. but it's it's super fun. So it's awesome. Very nice. Uh, but I guess that's sort of what you're you're going through in that case is, is learning <clears throat> all the things. Yeah, it's learning. Uh, it's not it's not all that. It's 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 really it's really the basics of what are the normal processes that that are in that are involved with getting um, the product. Basically, getting there's a lot of how to um, get which version, how to get which version of the product on which kind of testing ground, and um, how to test them. Then, and mm -hmm. then, you know, like how do you how do you um, <clears throat> deploy it? And then when it's deployed, where what which link do you have to click so you can get to the release candidate? And then how do you create a test account and then um you know just the, all yeah. the simple stuff because you need because there's there's currently there's still a, a bunch of manual testing involved especially for bigger releases um because this this product it, it has to do with voice over ip and then you also can call in and all these test cases have to be tested and it's very hard to automate that although they are working on automating it they have like software that can do that um but currently there's a bunch of test cases for a lot of these things that you have to then manually test so you have to so we had to learn okay how do you create this test account and how do i test this specific test case and oh do i have a phone so i can call in to 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 test that and you know like get this room open like this chat this chat room opened or this 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 meeting room where people can call in so then you have to call then you have to the test case where you have to have 25 webcams at the same time and stuff like that some crazy stuff so is this um, you were thrown is in this a new product or is this uh, an existing product are you allowed to say or uh, i'm not sure i have to still have okay. to have this conversation <laughs> you need to yeah, okay. with my with my manager. What am I allowed to say in public? <laughs> yeah, what am I allowed to say? Uh, right. I mean, I can say I I think it's fine. I can say it. it's go to meeting. It's this yeah. it's this meeting software. Um, yes, it's a good. It's it. a good. It's a very solid meeting thing. And and there's a web version, and that's basically what we're working on. So cool. Yeah, and I'm kind of uh, I'm 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 kind of diving into uh, React a little bit now because that's the technology we'll be using. Um, or transitioning tool, and that's that's cool. That's interesting. It definitely is more fun than Angular, I must say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Angular is is getting into a really cool place right now. I think it's only really now, now that I left, 
<laughs> the company oh. that works with Angular. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. I don't care. But but I'm just saying that there are some interesting developments happening in the Angular land uh, because they're coming up with a new um, rendering engine that's called Ivy, and uh, that engine can get your um, Hello World or yeah hello world mini angular application which so far i think uh, gzipped and minified came down to was it like 150k or 200k or something like that it goes down to like 3k oh wow yeah so Dang. so 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 they they ha they creating they're creating this rend rendering engine that can completely um, and they're also changing stuff in the framework so that it's more tree shakeable, and they and so so if you don't use specific parts of the framework, then it's just going to be tree shake tree sh shooken <laughs> tree shaked <laughs> tree shook yeah. out of it. You know, and it's, it's right. not going to be part of the code anymore. And it just and it's everything is faster and slimmer and um, so that's that's a really cool development. I think that is really essential. Especially if you have all this competition um, mm -hmm. that allows you yeah. to to write um, these these uh, really lightweight applications, <clears throat> this makes Angular more versatile and it's and it it's it's better for for the team that I used to work at at Einstein. It's it's great too if that's coming because they have. They have they have to serve different use cases. They have to serve the use case of full fledged huge app, where it, where in that case it doesn't matter if Angular comes with two hundred um, k uh, weight, and but they also have to serve like smaller use cases where it's just a little widget or a little feature that needs to be added to something. And if Ivy this rendering engine. This rendering engine can uh, basically make sure that it's really, really a tiny um, code base. Then that's really a big win for them. So that's really cool. And then on top of that, they're also coming out with Angular Elements, which which is Angular's way to create uh, web components, um, which is also cool. Which is kind of a web component wrapped into a um, no, it's 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 a Angular some Angular framework code kind of wrapped into a web component and I, and I think that this ivy engine will also be able to do that will basically be able to 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 have web components as a target and maybe even um have the ho whole app rendered with web components i'm not sure but i think i read something uh, along those lines and uh, that is that I think is is super interesting because you have you definitely if your application is rendered via web components you have some uh, benefits in the uh, th uh, just because web components are a component model that is native to the browser so like startup time and also some lifecycle events will be more performant <clears throat> and so that's that's really good news and it pushes the web forward and stuff and that's uh, I really like that. Um, and then, and then, if you look at the whole kind of suite of what they have now, the Angular CLI plus the new rendering engine that makes Angular more versatile, plus the whole Angular uh, web component thing, the Angular Universal where it can server-side render your Angular, plus the Angular Material, which also has now a new component development kit, I think, which means that you can create your customized angular material elements so 
so far before they had that it was just a set of components that that had a specific css i'm sure you could change the css and stuff like that but it had a very specific look and feel and this component development kit makes it all more flexible and you can create your whole kind of set of components that do all these things that these uh, material components do but with your uh, look and feel so when you look at this whole suite of tools now um i think and it's especially those improvements with the uh, with the rendering engine, I think that it becomes a much more viable option for a lot of people. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. It's interesting to yeah. see how it's has it how much time it took to mature into this place. Yeah. Uh, but they had a huge they had like a really huge goal, which their goal was not just to be a framework, but to be a platform for all kinds of stuff and that's kind of where they are arriving at now which is which is good to see yeah yeah very neat do you know if there's still this this cross collaboration between the framework teams um you know uh, there was some some stuff where the the ember and angular guys would meet about the cli etc is that yeah. is that still ongoing or is that sort of separated again I don't think so. I think that they changed, they completely changed everything about the CLI. They took the Ember CLI as a basis and mm -hmm. they had a lot of components in the beginning that were similar, but I think they completely gutted it and made their own own thing. <laughs> I don't think that yeah. there's a lot of it left, a lot of the Ember yeah. stuff left in there. Also, the Ember, the Ember CLI also, I think, also evolved into a different kind of beast. Um, okay. from back then uh, yeah. as well because they also I think they're using Webpack internally and or Rollup or whatever and Angular is not using Rollup it's using Webpack and um, mm -hmm. it does a bunch <clears throat> of stuff differently and a lot of stuff changed in, in the in the CLI in the Angular, Angular CLI over over the months and years and stuff and it, it's it's that's why I'm saying it's it's interesting that angular is kind of only now kind of stabilizing in all these areas and 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 kind of maturing into this thing that might be something really powerful and and and, and also kind of stable now because all because even if angular the framework was getting stable or is stable since a while like all the surrounding tools were not stable at all and 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 mm -hmm. kind of it meant a lot of work for people who were using it in production how do you so, see that that sort of compared to to React? Is that settled down, or is that still very much in flux too? No, I think the whole the whole ecosystem, you know, or the supporting tools, like you were saying, because Ember seemed to be like getting a really good handle on that mm -hmm. probably like a year and a half, yeah. two ago, where they they put all of their versioning in sync and they had you know long term. Uh, you know, versions or LTS versions and all that stuff, where they were making it really, like it seemed developer friendly and thought out for like you know corporate kind of production processes. I would say, um, and yeah, the others weren't yeah. really there yet. So I was just yeah. curious how React is doing there. Well, React uh, doesn't have th these problems. Is not is not trying to solve that same okay. problem that Ember solved. React has. They have the Create React app. They have um, service at rendering is working pretty pretty fine for React. I don't know exactly what the library is or how that how you do that exactly. There's some frameworks that just use it, like or or like um, like like uh, Next.js or or Gatsby.js and stuff. Um, 
but that seems to, that seems to be working since a while pretty well for for react and react uh um i i th i just feel like server side rendering as well as performance and as well as just the framework itself was in a much more stable place way before this new version of angular was in a stable place and so they left angular behind a little bit and they also left ember behind because they're more ruthless in <laughs> in 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 backwards compatibility sort of stuff in or, breaking going yeah. breaking changes but 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 they also they don't they don't have to really there's nothing that they have to really pay attention to like like amber amber has this 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 whole ethos about being backwards compatible for a long time making it really easy for people to upgrade step by step and they have this very paced kind of um upgrade strategy and development strategy and stuff and it's great and i think um i've i've just read about that or heard about that recently in a podcast the ember community and the for the ember developers it is it is still great it's i think it works really well for them they but they do still use kind of it feels like they are still they stuck longer with more antiquated technology Mm -hmm. um, than other <clears throat> frameworks, <clears throat> it takes. Much that kind of makes sense. I mean, right? If you to, have a, yeah. if you have a more, I don't know what to call it, disciplined, um, you know, path. Yeah. It's a little more rigorous, maybe, and it's yeah. you have maybe less flexibility, and it's, you know, you don't want to yeah. break all kinds of stuff. And if you, like you said, if you're ruthless and you don't care about that, and you only want the, the best of the best or the newest, then it's easier to. To iterate i guess yeah you um, also have to see that yeah. react is not i mean it's more than just a view layer but it is also it's not much more than that it's yeah it's it's not like ember where ember is trying to be this whole suite of things exactly um, yeah. yeah yeah cool so so when when do you think you're gonna sort of catch up on sleep <laughs> oh, i don't know i guess so this has been well this, this is your second week now right yeah yeah yeah, it'll be a few more weeks, and hopefully it'll settle down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the baby is sleeping better again. That was also a problem. Oh, excellent. Con yeah, connecting. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I think when you exciting. start something good, when you start something new like that, it's like at the end of the day, you're just. It's a different kind of exhaustion because there's just so many new things hitting you. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, then when yeah. So, it'll it'll calm down and all fall yeah. into place. Yeah. So far, a few things that are really uh, notably um, better than, or that I enjoy uh, compared to to my last company was that um, certain things are just way more pragmatic when it comes to just getting your your setup for your computer, or you know, uh -huh. if, if there's like if you need anything, you can just go up to an IT person and they just they just go into a little, uh, you know, <laughs> closet, <laughs> closet, and just pull it out for you. Like, and they even they handed me, they handed me, uh, my manager handed me a, a docking station on the first day for for the for the Mac, which was fantastic. I, I didn't nice. even know which that. Which one is it? It's it's oh, I forgot the name. El Elton El 
something E L. It starts with E L. I don't remember. Or L G L. Elgato. Elgato. How does that one? How does that one work? Does it? So that one works like this. It has. It's not a docking station in the this classical sense where you really like just clink the clank into your computer into it or something like the Uh ThinkPads. It is just you just have one cable coming out, like a Thunderbolt cable coming out into your, um, in your into your Mac, and that. Thunderbolt cable, and there's nothing else. You don't need to connect to um, electricity. So the it, the power power comes through that. And yeah, it's all the same. They only everything. have what were they called? USB, whatever they're USB-C. called. USB C. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, USB C. So okay. it, there's nothing. So you just have this one cable, and it connects to your to your docking station, and then into the docking station go the monitors. So I have two monitors going in there, and. Uh, there's whatever you want to connect with, like mouse and and uh, I have a magic mouse and magic keyboard, and and just mm-hmm. that connects wirely. But you have to kind of initially connect it with the USB, and then you can uh, anything else you want to connect, you connect there. Um, they have like there's a bunch of uh, um, ports, you know, like thun- like USB C and Thunderbolt and different displays ports and and all the stuff, and you just and just put everything into that thing. And then all you need to do when you arrive in the morning, you just connect this one uh, USB-C cable to your, to your Mac and you're good to go. Sweet. Yeah. Cause you also have one, right? But it's different. I I used to have one. It broke. It was a, it was a, like a Frankenstein thing. It was weird. So I I had, I don't have the newest Mac. Um, So it would basically, it was a a docking station in the conventional or whatever conventional sense where it was this huge clunky thing. You basically laid your Mac on top of it. That was the cool part. And it detected when you put your Mac on. And then it had this mechanical, these two mechanical um, clamps or whatever that... Are, were clearly driven by like motors was, that ee. would basically yeah would come in the side from both sides <laughs> into your Mac and That's plug funny. into all of the plugs. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I call it the Frankenstein thing because it was like from both sides like and it would clamp in your 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 uh, your Mac and you had to have like a driver and stuff. And then the back was just like any other you know docking station like you're used to with all the the various right. ports and. Yeah. Um, it was it was okay it was good but um, you know now I think with USB C it's it's much cleaner and it's because yeah. th- that's interesting I'd, I'd be curious when when you maybe remember Slack me that or, or share it in Slack or something yeah, because we just basically upgraded so we have two teams or two two geographically separated teams I guess I mean we have cross like some people from other locations are on teams that are in the opposite location but. They were all Windows, essentially. Uh, and mm-hmm. they just now, I think this week or last week, they all got um, Macs. Okay. So um, wow. we put together a list of, uh, you know, sort of basic peripherals that would be necessary or useful. Um, I wasn't aware of this docking station, and I actually totally forgot that that's probably not a bad idea to suggest something like that um, instead of getting all the, you know, the Apple... Uh, dongles or whatever they're called to plug yeah, everything individually. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, the first hours I also had like a just a sea of dongles, yeah. of, and then then suddenly somebody handed me the 
So I just uh, sent you the link. It's called Elgato. Elgato.com. And it's just this little box, and it just connects with one cable to your Mac. It's really nice. Cool. You have to check that out. Yeah, Yeah, so it's it's interesting now having all these, these Windows folks switching over getting all these interesting questions about how do you do this and where's my dad? <laughs> so everybody got a Mac? Sorry, yeah, I missed so, that. Yeah, everybody, all the developers, basically. Okay. We were like 50% Windows, 50% Mac, and now we're 100% Mac. And wow. uh, yeah, but those so, Windows people, are, they're not happy about that, aren't they? Well, I'm, well, they're 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 in, they're in a different state, so I you can't hear their cursing or whatever if right. that's going on. But um, you just see in Slack, you know, the questions of like, how did you do a screenshot? You know, yeah, so, yeah. that kind of stuff, and uh, basically complaining. Oh, where's my Notepad plus plus and all this kind of stuff? Right, you know. Right, yeah. um, but I think overall they've been sort of you know waiting for this anyway because mm. I don't know. It's just nicer because the environment that we're in, it's the typical, you know, argument. It's like, I don't want to have to install all this junk just to to run my environment. And it's just easier if I do it on a Mac. But then again, now we're doing so much on VMs anyways. I don't know if it really is that big of a difference anymore. But mm-hmm. um, Macs are just, I don't know, I like them. They're slick. But yeah. uh, just look so much nicer. <laughs> they sure do. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so we're all all on Apple, and, um, yeah, I, I posted this, and maybe we talked about this already, but, yeah, we got this, like, uh, management layer that we can now, or we're hooked into Windows uh, Active Directory, so we have this, yeah. this software that's Centrify, and it just drove me bananas, because one evening, I we had, like, an emergency, and I had to log into the system, and I was locked out of my Mac, because that stupid thing. <laughs> And I couldn't even, like, it wouldn't let me reboot, and I had to, like, do a hard reboot. Oh, but it, it hasn't happened since, yeah, so. And that twice. So the first time, like, okay, this should take care of it, but no, it didn't. And I was, like, panicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I uh, I tried again, and it worked. So, But, yeah, it's, it's like, ugh, we have that antivirus stuff now, and it's, it's just nasty. Yeah. But, uh, thank God. We don't have, we don't really have... I don't know what they're using. We don't have Active Directory. We're using just uh, Microsoft OneCloud or something. This uh, mm-hmm. it's like a Dropbox from Microsoft um, for file sharing. Which thank God, because this Active Directory stuff, I, I I saw it in other companies. It just does not work well. Oh, but I just heard in the ATP podcast, and I wanted to. Be, I was thinking of you when they were talking about that. They were also talking about that problem the active directory things with mac and stuff and there is specific there is a bunch of scripts so apparently there was a company that there were multiple companies that had the same problem and they had people from apple come like consultants come to their company and help them to get their macs working with active direct directory better and Mm -hmm. And so apparently they they just they just made a bunch of Apple scripts or, or whatever scripts bash scripts or some sort of scripts that you have to run that improves 
somehow the um, Active Directory support when, or, or just turns something off, something that just creates mm -hmm. this, creates this this terrible like lag and not being able to sign on and this whole performance problem, and and it works pretty good, uh, pretty well apparently. So I'm just gonna hmm. send you that. Yeah, um, that's that's great. I have to send that to our IT department. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a painful process, but I upgraded. So I got these two two new pieces of software. It was Centrify and uh, Kaspersky. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sort of killed everything. But now we have certain directories excluded, and it's okay. Um, <clears throat> but I also upgraded to uh, High Sierra at the same time, and that actually that wrecked a lot of stuff. Okay. So yeah, that I was that in combination with with Centrify. Let's just, like wrecked a bunch of stuff and i had to write up this whole document to to sort of keep track of it and explain how to to upgrade but basically the entire vm stack was totally broken I had to throw that all out and reinstall um because i guess it changes the user and it changes it moves everything to a different user account and changes all the permissions but not 100% so it does really? was a mess oh, okay. yeah but it's it's only when you it seems like when you have an established system and you try to migrate it that this happens when you okay. when you do it from the start you know then it's not a big deal okay. so yeah it's my problem I should have just asked for a new Mac <laughs> yeah I wanted one of those those pretty ones anyway yeah. <laughs> the new the new color is, is nice yeah yeah it's, it's nice. crazy yeah. But it, I must say the keyboard is a little bit weird. It's it's very. Uh, oh yeah. It feels, yeah, because there's no key travel anymore, really, or just a little bit. Yeah. Raquel was saying that. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're loud, and I've heard weird things that if a little kind of dust thingy gets caught in between your uh, key and the Mac, then you know you need compressed air to get it out. Otherwise, <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. Oh dear. <laughs> and but I haven't that haven't had that problem yet. But um, it feels just more flimsy than the older. Really? Yeah, because oh it's just because there's just. I mean, I'm sure it's not. It is not flimsy, but it just because there's just this tiny travel, and they they feel so. They feel thin hmm. and light. So, so I yeah, think it doesn't give you that feeling of a. Yeah. So you just got this in the latest yeah. model when you started your new job, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, it takes a few weeks to get get over it. <laughs> but I'm fine. I don't. I don't care. It's just totally yeah. fine. So yeah. far, I don't have any problems. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Well, I think we've almost arrived at the end, even though it's a shorter shorter version. But I have to go pick up little people and stuff yes, like that so no problem <laughs> yeah okay. so i hope i don't know when uh, when raquel will be back but yeah, um, no idea. We're, we're working something out there mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens um in the meantime if you like the show tell a friend about it and uh leave us a rating or even just subscribe to the show uh, i know a lot of people are probably just listening in uh whenever it comes out and listening on the web um Some of my coworkers do that. Subscribe. <laughs> and um, anyway, so you can find the show notes at reactive.audio. And um, you can find me on Twitter at hgladdergots. And that's it for me. What else yeah. do you have to say? Um, did you talk about the show notes already? 
Is I said yes, where they can be found. You said that already. Okay, so the Twitter is um, at ReactivePod, and I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter. And Raquel is RockBot on Twitter, and she's hopefully back soon or s at some point. Yes. Uh, yeah. We miss you. We do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll catch you next week. All right, till then. All right, bye. -bye. bye.